Welcome to Logical, the UAE's first, still the only regular legal podcast. My name's Tim Elliott. Logical comes to you from the Dubai-based legal firm HBL Yamalova and Plethka. And as ever, here is the managing partner, Ludmilla Yamalova. Nice to see you. Great to see you too, Tim, especially here in our new setup. You look a lot more comfortable. I am uh, reclining happily today. Thank you. Normally you sit me at a desk. Exactly. We uh, we tried the desk, but I thought this time around we can do a different um, setup and see if our creative juices will flow more creatively in this more uh, leisurely <laughs> format. <laughs> Let me know if that happens. Now, look, today I'm going to go straight from a uh, light mood. to This is a reasonably sort of sensitive topic, I guess, particularly here in the UAE, drugs in the Emirates. Specifically, though, today, let's talk about cannabis or marijuana. Now, historically, the UAE has been categorically intolerant when it comes to narcotics, illegal drugs. We've discussed changes to the penal code on this podcast fairly recently, uh, and you can find that online. But we've seen some changes, haven't we, with regard to legal attitudes to drugs, it would be fair to say. Indeed, uh, as you rightfully said, and as we discussed this topic in our previous podcast, uh, prior to 2021, which is only about two years ago, mm. the UAE had unequivocal and categorical uh, position towards any form of drugs. And basically, in as per the previous um, approach, uh, the UAE stance, all drugs were more or less created equal, meaning they were all illegal at yeah. all levels, irrespective of whether uh, of what type of drug it was, um, what purpose uh, it was brought in, uh, the amount of it, in what sort of form, and so on and so forth. It's just anything related to any form of drug, including cannabis or marijuana. Uh, it was it, they were all treated the same way, which was basically it was illegal one, and and it was always that uh, in all circumstances resulted in a form of a jail sentence. In most cases, it was at least two years of jail sentence, uh, some financial fines, and ultimately deportation. Uh, and that was just kind of the general stance uh, in the UAE legal system with regards to any type of uh, drugs um, uh, and in any kind of form or shape. That, as we've discussed previously... Uh, changed to an extent in, in 2021. Uh, so the previous law that ultimately criminalized any any drugs in any form or shape was the federal law number 14 of 1995. So obviously a very old law and uh, uh, the um, at the time the UAE was still a very new country and so it's uh, not surprising that the law was drafted uh, so categorically and equivocally the way it was mm. uh, and it was interpreted and applied all these years um, as, as it had been. Uh, now, well, I guess changing with the times, in 2021, the UAE, as part of its general uh, legislative reform, uh, changed a number of laws, and one of which was this particular federal law number 14, which ultimately was repealed altogether. So it wasn't just amended, it was repealed altogether, and instead of that law, a new law was introduced, which was uh, the Anti-Narcotics and Psychotropic Substances Law, which was the federal decree law, uh, law number 30 of 2021. One. Uh, so as part of this law, there were a number of changes, and it's a fairly robust uh, legislative uh, 
product, if you will, uh, in the sense that it differentiates between different types of drugs. It differentiates in terms of uh, the um, uh, the number of offenses. It differentiates in terms of the su- the the substance and the form in which that particular drug or or substance may be brought into the country uh, or used in the country. It differentiates be- the, uh, between the purpose, whether it's consumption versus possession versus trade, and so on and so forth. Um, so it's a fairly complex uh, and detailed legislative uh, uh, work product. Uh, and um, as a result, it, uh, as, as part of this legislative framework, it, uh, th- this particular document is followed by uh, a number of schedules. And truly, you need to be a chemist, you need to be a scientist to understand how to read these schedules because it delves into different types of drugs, not just the perhaps the more commonly known narcotics or, or, or kind of recre- recreational drugs, but also prescription drugs. So this particular law sets out different schedules uh, for, uh, for different types of drugs and uh, and there's a lot more detail in terms of the, the types of drugs, the variation of drugs. You really, truly, you need to be a scientist to be able to kind of understand them. But one of um, the kind of extrapolated uh, conclusions or premises of, of this new law is that Cannabis in general is treated somewhat differently from all the other drugs. Cannabis, marijuana, whatever the different um, uh, variations and derivatives are. Uh, so and this is why we're talking, I guess we're talking about this particular, this, the, in this podcast about this particular topic, which is cannabis, for mm. many reasons, because it's a lot more perhaps in other parts of the world known as a more recreational and kind of a common drug. Uh, but um, I guess the, so the, the overall, I don't want to say kind of conclusion, but perhaps um, wanted conclusion for many uh, from, from this new law was, oh my goodness, the UAE decriminalized drugs. So it's uh, the drugs are no longer illegal, in particular cannabis. And so that's why we've seen perhaps a lot more relaxed approach and, uh, and, and hence more cases of people coming into the UAE, residents and you know, tourists, fine, but even residents, including uh, sort of thinking or expecting for the UAE to be a lot more relaxed or relaxed in terms of how it treats drugs. And it's because of this overall, uh, perhaps um, kind of high-level uh, sentiment, uh, again, but the, the law is very clear, the drugs in any form are still illegal, it's just that the punishment perhaps uh, is, is a little more laxed or is, is um, a little more uh, a, a, a more varied depending on the types of drug we're talking about. Right, I mean, we've got the situation in the U.S. where in some states cannabis, marijuana production, sale. In some states in the US, it is legal to buy, sell, consume marijuana in certain quantities, and it is regulated by the government. And I guess by, you know, by that yardstick, if you like, attitudes are kind of changing. There are also some medicinal qualities in cannabis use, I guess, and there are prescriptions for that, not here in the UAE. But the point is, and I think it's worth reiterating that there is no legalization of drugs here in the UAE, but uh, drugs, if you like, are categorized in a different way under the law. Is that how we should be reading this? Exactly. So, right. uh, first of all, to, to highlight and kind of reiterate and make it very clear that the UAE stance on drugs in general still more or less remains the same, right. which is drugs are illegal right. in the UAE. Right. Uh, now, uh, in terms of the punishment as uh, compared to how drugs were treated before, which was unequivocal, categorical, drugs are any, doesn't matter what kind of drugs and what quantity, they are bad, you're a criminal, you go to jail, 
and then you get deported. Uh, compared as compared to that treatment, now there is a more a more lenient uh, treatment and more lenient punishment, therefore, uh, for the types of drugs. So, but still, the premise remains the same: drugs are illegal. However, if it is, uh, if it is, for example, cannabis, marijuana, uh, it's the punishment is a little less. So, and it's exactly for the reason you just mentioned, because perhaps uh, I, um, opinions can matter or can can differ on this particular topic, but. Um, I guess by at least accounts of many, marijuana is considered to be more of a kind of a recreational, more of a perhaps less of a dangerous drug than, for example, cocaine or heroin or for for sort of hardcore drugs, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and because of that, you know, that particular uh, drug or however you want the substance, if you want to call it that, in so many other countries has been accepted as more or less a recreational uh, drug uh, and. Um, and also medicinal uh, drugs, and it's more or less, in, in some places it's regulated a little more than in others, but in many places it's not even really much regulated anymore. So mm-hmm. therefore it becomes, perhaps it has more of a reputation as being more ubiquitous, kind of like almost like cigarettes, right? And cigarettes are to an extent regulated, but not really, they're not illegal. So because of that, and a lot of people, and that's this is not one country, this is not just the US, right? It's in Europe, the Netherlands, for example. So many other countries are a lot more lenient with regards to this particular particular cannabis or marijuana type of substance. As a result, people obviously that come from those cultures, from, come from those c- countries, they're a lot more relaxed, they're a lot more lexadaisical about um, um, not just consuming uh, these sort of drugs, but also uh, perhaps traveling with them and having mm. them uh, stuck in their suitcases or in the their sort of pockets. So they're a lot less uh, less concerned about okay, well, I'm flying into, uh, I'm leaving my country, going to a different country. I need to check all my clothing and all my suitcases, make sure that I have nothing on me. So um, so presumably that's kind of why. Um, uh, and this is the, the reason we're doing this this podcast today. Well, we've seen an increase in cases, just like the one I just I mentioned. We've had a number of cases since this new law came into effect. And there have been a lot a lot more cases, and we've seen these cases firsthand uh, here at the firm, where people doing exactly that. An American, for example, flying in for a wedding to uh, into the UAE. And uh, just kind of over the, the week before he came to the U, uh, to the UAE, he traveled from one uh, state, from New York to California, and then California, basically, and then he flew back to, uh, to to New York, but using the same suitcase. And then his in in the suitcase he had a little bit of cannabis, a little packet of cannabis in his suitcase, and because he had been traveling previously uh, between the, the within the United States between different states, where it's elite, where it's legal having that kind of uh, amount on you know on your possession on your person is legal so and he used the same suitcase <laughs> to fly into the UAE right. well lo and behold uh, there's a little bit of cannabis that was stuck in his suitcase kind of in the front pocket uh, that he claims and I, I tend to believe him he didn't even know about it because the way it was discovered is when he landed in Dubai airport uh, he was apprehended and they asked him to open the suitcase he very openly opened the suitcase and this thing just fell out of the front pocket of the suitcase so he, to me that's kind of a, a sign that he wasn't really trying to bring it he wasn't really consciously hiding it it kind of just was in plain view and just fell out and and his explanation to that was that well I just I you know I I did not know I had it on me uh, so that's one example so and then recently just recently we had another example where a person also flies in with a little bit of uh, um, 
cannabis on the on them as well, and um, they get apprehended at the airport. And they're you know this person is from uh, from China, for example. And they're like, oh, what? We cannot use this. This is illegal. So so these number of cases are increasing because of this overall, uh, I guess, expectation sentiment, and it's in light in the wake of of obviously legislative changes. Uh, so um, and this is why we thought that the timing is is it's a good time right now to kind of remind people mm. of the UAE's legal stance on drugs in general and cannabis in particular because that is much more of a common substance that people feel a lot more relaxed uh, and and forgetful in many ways uh, <laughs> to be to, to have it on the, the person them on them, themselves or in their suitcases and their clothing uh, and um, coming to the UAE not even realize not even asking the question is it legal or not yeah okay so is possession of cannabis treated differently in the UAE and how is it you know how what's the expectation now when you come in the country for example and something like that does happen inadvertently you've you've just forgotten what what could you expect now as opposed to historically so historically, if you were to fly in that example or the examples that I just used, yeah. if um, the same person that had a little bit of uh, cannabis, marijuana in his suitcase and he was stopped at the airport, he'd be taken to ultimately jail, mm. uh, serve his time in jail uh, for a year or two, depending on sort of circumstances. But, uh, but the law at the time prescribed two years, by the way, okay. uh, and then ultimately deported. So uh, there wouldn't be it literally they would be taken from the airport straight to the police station to jail and then they, they will not have seen that much of the country at all beyond yeah. the airport and, and, the, and the prison. Right. Uh, so that's how it was before. Now, as you rightfully said, the law uh, differentiates between, uh, let's kind of focus for the purposes of, of, of today's discussion, just cannabis. And yeah. it, it, it differentiates anything related to cannabis. Uh, there's a lot more provisions in the law that, uh, that make it very clear this particular substance is treated very differently. Uh, and one, and then two, with regards to, again, cannabis, marijuana, whatever the, the various medicinal uh, scientific terms are, uh, there is um, also whether it's, the I guess, the amount of it, um, how it's being, w- whether it's being brought into the country or is, and and being um, uh, it's in possession versus use, whether it's being used, uh, and uh, in what form, whether it's just the, the, you know, the substance itself, or it's mixed with different kinds of products, uh, and whether it's the f- f- uh, person's first time, a second time, a third time, whether it's in their blood, uh, and so on and so forth. So there's different kind of uh, designations, uh, and then this all comes down to in terms of punishment. Uh, so um, so that's just the overall uh, uh, framework. Now, with regards to, um, if you could just drill it down in terms of the, what does the law specifically state for the different types of possession versus trading versus use and such. Yeah. So first of all, just uh, for those who are interested in terms of the schedules that talk about cannabis in particular, there's like, for example, Schedule uh, 1, and it's Clause 29 that talks about specifically cannabis, cannabis resin, and extracts and tinctures of cannabis. Again, you need to be a scientist. Then there's Schedule 4, Part 2, Clause A, that specifically talks about cannabis sativa. Again, forgive me for mispronunciation of these technical terms. And then there's a Schedule 5, Clause 34, for example, that talks about THC, and I don't even want to 
pronounce the actual scientific word, THC, I think everybody <laughs> okay. knows. And there's also a Schedule 6, Clause 4, which is talks about Delta 9 THC and its steric chemical variants. So the reason I'm going through this, is this list of schedules is just to show or demonstrate how detailed this new law is, how complex it is, and how it actually, there's quite a bit of forethought that's put in in the legislative framework in terms of truly separating this specific scientific uh, scientific substance. See, that's what jumps out to me. It's the, the consideration of, and we're talking specifically about cannabis at the moment for the purposes of this recording, but it's the consideration of this narcotic because in so many other places it's socially acceptable, it's used widely, it's not here in the UAE, but the point is the country, uh, the law regulates cannabis in a considered fashion, as opposed to historically when it was, okay, one strike, you're out. That's not the case anymore. Exactly. So, and that's that's a great way to summarize it, because back then, until 2021, so many people ended up exactly in that situation, yeah. and the one strike yeah. you're out means that you one strike you're out forever yeah. because once you have been deported from the UAE and that's after you've served your two-year jail at least two-year mm. jail there's deportations for life so there's no way of coming back and yeah. that was that's that uh, so um, and that yeah and it, whereas now the examples and uh, we can talk about the specific examples um, as we go through the discussion but those examples I just made people actually did not serve time in jail uh, and uh, in most cases they left the country without ever seeing jail and left the country without even uh, a deportation or any kind of a court order. Uh, so just this is kind of a, a bit of a teaser or cliffhanger. We can go through the um, case studies a little later. Uh, but b going back to your previous point about, okay, so now we talk about cannabis and the di different variants of the same, right? Mm. Okay, now, as, okay, this is what opened the substance. Now, what is the substance uh, that, you, what are you doing with the substance? So there is the difference in terms of use. So there is the potential, so you using the substance, i.e. using cannabis, uh, or, or you're possessing it. So using, you can, you, can, you can have it on you, but you may not be using it, right? So you can have, you can use it, but not possess it. <laughs> so, or you can have both, uh, or there's trading. So obviously anything right. to do with trading is, uh, is very different. Uh, so because trading and export and import in particular are treated very differently from, if you want to just at a high level categorize it, you, there's the general kind of possession, your personal possession, just for me, whether I am using it or I just have it on me. And obviously the amounts in that case really matter. Uh, so it treats very differently from when you're trying to do it as a business. So you have one gram of cannabis versus uh, one kilogram of cannabis obviously is going to be treated very differently because one gram you can kind of make an, a reasonable argument that this is for your own personal use, whereas one kilogram is perhaps a little, you know, the, the presumption there it's, it's for other people's use there's no argument that's pretty straightforward logic let's face it so import export is a very different case that comes under smuggling of drugs and that's a different area Yes, however, interestingly enough, in the past, uh, and we have actually seen it here as well, uh, uh, that if you were caught coming in with any kind of uh, drug the airport, you're also considered as basically potentially importing it because you're coming into the country, you yeah, see? Okay. So in addition for you basically having possession of it and also um, uh, maybe even using it if you if it was in your urine on your blood test, in, on top of that, because you were coming into the country with it and you were apprehended and caught uh, at the point of entry, you were considered almost by default as importing that drug. 
even right. if it was because there wasn't a difference between personal use versus uh, any other kind of use. Sure. So I was so and that's that case would have been treated differently. For example, than if you were caught at a party in the U, in the UAE having consumed or having had some cannabis on you. So that was okay. There, there's basically the the usual punishment or accusation would be right away. It's possession and or use. Whereas if with the same amount of uh, cannabis you're coming in at the airport, there's, there was always by default an additional charge of uh, uh, this is uh, trading or importing into the country. So it was treated even more severely. Right. Uh, so now, um, before I guess maybe we'll let's talk about the consumption of cannabis because there's another interesting sort of category in terms of the the, the form in which you're using cannabis, right? There's the the, the leaves themselves, and then there is potentially products uh, that contain the leaves. Okay, so I mean, th- this is the thing. This is where we in other countries we have an industry that's built up around the different banner of products, if you like, and those are treated differently here as well now in theory yes so okay. here as we're talking about trading the trading as we said is treated much more severely however importing for example of products that contain cannabis there's a special designation in the law once again okay. that differentiates this kind of cannabis from all the other kind of cannabis so it's like sort of pure raw form form of cannabis or or marijuana versus um, products or goods uh, that contain marijuana or cannabis so there's a specific category that deals with that separately and that's in okay. the same law article 96 uh, which uh, at a high level decriminalizes uh, anybody who brings in imports or transports or possesses from abroad any food, drink, or products which contains THC, cannabis, or marijuana for the purposes of personal consumption. Uh, so which means, let's say, cream. Right, you have a cream that has some cannabis, or you have a cookie uh, that has. I know that was in in college. I know they, 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 those kinds of uh, cookies were popular, um, and um, so for example, so somebody or somebody brings a drink that has uh, one of these uh, sort of variants of, of cannabis. Uh, so that kind of uh, and you, so in the way you're bringing into the country, right? so you could be accused of importing that. Yeah. Uh, but the law decriminalizes that, so okay. it decriminalizes if you. You bring some kind of a product that may contain one of these cannabis or its variants for for personal use, uh, then that's that's no longer criminalized. However, the item will still still be seized, and that's at the point of entry. I was going to say, so if you come in and you've got a, a hand cream that you use and it has THC or some form of cannabis derivative in there, it would be seized. It would be taken from you. What then happens to you bringing that in? Because it's perfectly possible you'd be completely unaware that this particular hand cream that you really like and makes your hand soft has cannabis in it. Yeah, so exactly. Again, and that kind of goes back to our previous point, which still cannabis in the UAE is still illegal. So just because it is in a little amount in a hand cream and you're bringing it for the first time does not make it okay for you to have it in the UAE. Right. Uh, so, uh, so yes, yeah, so in that case, so the most important thing is that it is no longer a crime to be caught doing this for, mm-hmm. the, for, for uh, f- at least first time around. And, but you are not allowed to have that product in the country. So it okay. will be seized mm-hmm. and an administrative report will be issued. An administrative report is, for example, something that usually happens at the airport because at the airport, remember the airport here is not just the airport. There's the customs, uh, there's also police, there's even yeah. prosecution. So yeah. the airport has a bunch of other authorities that ultimately have the authority to adjudicate these kinds of cases. And therefore you don't need to necessarily try 
transfer it to court as was the case before and therefore complicated and prolonged a lot of uh, these kinds of related offenses or crimes. Mm. Now, the a lot of the uh, these uh, judicial authorities have representation or representative offices at the airport and those people, those representatives have authority to judge uh, or adjudicate or decide some of these matters on the spot, which makes it a lot more efficient and a lot less scary, right? So yeah. as part of this, the authorities at the airport is the, the prosecution or the, the police or the customs. So what they'll do is they will issue an administrative report that basically will document this particular offense and uh, will, and, you, know, the, you brought this this kind of product and it's been seized and this amount has been seized from you uh, and uh, that it's, you know, basically, and then there's, you know, so now you have, you as a person, you have a file on you. It's not a criminal file. It's not yet sort of a judicial, uh, a formal file, but it's an administrative file. Right. Uh, and so um, this, by the way, this exception or this perhaps this treatment only really applies to first time offenders. And this is how you know. So this is why this administrative file is relevant and it's important. So the first time around, you come with a little cream. They take it off you. You don't feel like you, you know anything is sort of happening because you know nobody's taking you to jail per se. You're not sitting behind bars. You know you're not giving your passport necessarily. You just they just take the product. They'll give you the administrative report. They release you. But there's a file on you. So if you do this next time around again, now that administrative report will obviously no longer be administrative in form. It will be escalated and potentially refer it later to, to the authorities. Um, so there is that condition to this decriminalization of that kind of activity. And also... Um, uh, and as I mentioned earlier, so just having this on you uh, does not allow you to bring it to the UE and use it here. And so, therefore, if you're found to be using this product within in, in the country, that too is still illegal. Uh, and, um, and it only applies to personal consumption and not for trade. So, for example, now you are in the business, you know this, you love your cream and it makes you look really young and, and, and maybe even smart. And now you want to bring it to the UE and sell it. So that, and let's say right. you brought, and you brought, let's say, 10 samples because yeah. you want to trade it on to trust try it on me and you know my team so even though it's only 10 that would be viewed more as perhaps trade uh, or import versus personal consumption and then that would be uh, treated very differently and by the way there is no difference with regards to these kinds of activities there's no difference between residents and tourists so just because you are a tourist you did not know uh, it's and versus a resident who should have known uh, as far as the law is concerned, there is no differentiation, and um, um, I guess everybody will be treated the same way. Okay, I'm just making a note, actually. Don't get into hand cream <laughs> for myself here. But it, I mean, the point is, from all of that there, and, and I, I take all of that under advisement, it's no longer one strike and you're out is the point you're making. Yes, uh, but you know, further there is more, the, the, there are more strikes, I guess, that are uh, allowed at least, or allowed to, without severe um, repercussions. So yeah. for example, again, this relies, again, the topic today is only cannabis, any kind of variance related to marijuana and THC yeah. and whatever other scientific names are. Uh, so, and, but then it's, and it's also only really for uh, the, the more the, no, no, it's personal consumption, I guess it's not trading, it's not imports, so a personal consumption, and, but only even within that category, the, the punishment is a lot more lenient, but it depends on the, on the uh, number of uh, offenses. So, for example, if you are <clears throat> if you are caught having that kind of basically just cannabis per se, uh, but it's for personal consumption. 
uh, and uh, the Article 42 deals with the, the treatment for in the different categories of, of punishment. So for first time, again, it's personal consumption of cannabis. Uh, first time offenders, uh, the punishment is a minimum jail term of three months or uh, a, a fine of 10,000 dirhams to, uh, to 100,000 dirhams. So this is important. The or here is extremely important. Yeah. So if you caught the first time around, uh, yes, you can end up in jail. It's three months, uh, and that's, uh, that's uh, uh, minimum three months. Yeah. But there's an or, or there's a fine. And the fine is 10,000 dirhams, which is about $3,000, up to 100,000 dirhams, which is about $30,000. Mm. So this is crucial, because in the past, remember, there was always a jail sentence of minimum two years, yeah. plus a fine, plus deportation. There was no or, maybe, uh, consumption versus possession, a little bit versus a lot. All no, I mean, it, it's a huge change. When you said or there, I was uh, looking at my nose and it immediately made me look up because, you know, my in my mind, if you are caught with illegal drugs here in the Emirates, that is it. That's how it, yes, was. Now that's how it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. And now it's, it's a little a huge less change. Time. Absolutely. Now, that's the first time offender. What if it's the second time? Mm. So t- second time, so the law, again, it's that granular. Now it sets out, okay, for the second time offenders, yeah. uh, and that's within the period of three years, by the way, as well, there's further granularity, right? So if it's okay. uh, you're only considered a second time offender, if you are caught uh, with sort of doing the same kind of offense or crime within three years, after mm-hmm. three years, you'll be still a first time offender. So the second time offender, minimum jail term of six months. So it's doubled from three months to six months. Mm-hmm. But again, or a fine between 20,000 dirhams to 100,000 dirhams. So the fine here, the minimum fine is doubled, which is from 10,000 for first-time offenders to 20,000 for second-time offenders. But the maximum remains the same, up to 100,000 dirhams. And so, and the fact that there is um, the range in the fine is, is fairly significant tenfold in first-time offenders, uh, and, and there's the or, gives a lot of perhaps, I don't, I, I by the way, just my personal stance on drugs, I just, I, yeah, I'm not in favor and do not at all try to to, uh, to, to sort of represent that that should be allowed, uh, but I think it is some comfort to many. Mm. It can be of comfort that uh, if you are caught incidentally, accidentally, or even if you were just foolish enough <laughs> to want to to to, to uh, test the system, that at least there are some. There's you know, there's basically a ch- you have another chance. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Um, uh, and so and the fact that the range in fines is so significant means that not the court has an incentive to just say, oh, listen, I think you look like the sort of a person that might have known. Or you know, probably not your first first rodeo, and maybe if you're a resident, or again the circumstances matter. The court says, you know, I really want to punish you uh, because I don't think this is your first time. The the court has a chance of imposing a fine of a hundred thousand dirhams, not yeah. a small fine. Right? No, no. Uh, so uh, versus, for example, somebody who you know, maybe like the case I I I, um, I mentioned earlier, someone who just has a little bit, and it's literally just falls out of his. Uh, luggage and so kind of looks like he wasn't even trying to hide it so uh, maybe the court will think well in these kinds of cases it looks like the guy really was just oblivious had no idea so maybe I'll 10,000 dirham punishment or you know, the fee uh, or or the court says you know what I think you were fooling me <clears throat> you knew you should have known that I'll give you a jail sentence and a fine 
so there's a lot more range, but more, most importantly for the courts now, the fact that they can assign a fine means that they don't have to also burden the legal system in the UAE yeah. with throwing yeah. these people in jail and making them in jail and live off the state, so to speak. So mm. I think it's uh, it's it's a huge step forward in terms of just you still it's it's a crime and a crime and crime you're going to be punished, but in terms of the punishment and the tax on the system, it's a lot more uh, flexible. Uh, now, third-time offenders or more, it says, uh, so the minimum jail term, again, is six months or a fine between 50,000 dirhams to 200,000 dirhams. So this is for repeat offenders. Uh, and um, again, it's up to the court. I mean, the, the fact that the court has this discretion of uh, assigning at least jail sentence of at least six months and a penalty of, of up to 200,000, which is about $60,000. Uh, know, I think it just, again, this, it's, it's, um, I guess the idea is to, to, to teach people that make it so expensive uh, that to teach people to think a little harder before they come into the country and mm. and decide to play with the law this way, so it's a, it's a deterrent in a way. It's a, it's a punishment and a deterrent at the same time. I mean that makes a lot of sense, but it also recognizes the fact that in a, as some other countries, cannabis use is far more. Uh, regularized, I suppose. It's far more average for a lot of people. And the expectation when people visit the UAE, you kind of think to yourself, well, is it such a big deal? Well, it is still a big deal, but the UAE recognizes that to you, perhaps... It's part of your life, and there, there's kind of a balance there. I think. I think so. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I think it's it's uh, it's in no way uh, an acknowledgement of the country that listen. You know, we are a lot sort of uh, more accepting of drugs now than we were before. It's not. It's not. It's just like you said. It's more acknowledging that well people that are coming from uh, foreigners and that come into the UAE and live in other countries, either as tourists or as residents um, who come to the UAE, that things are different in other countries. Mm. And so it's they're not mm. necessarily criminals in other countries. Uh, they should know better. They should learn, learn the law. And this is why we're doing this podcast to begin with, is just to help people uh, understand the law in the UAE. But um, uh, but at least the, 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 legis- the, the authorities here and the legislative system here is a lot more now accepting that you know well listen people in other countries uh, it's not a, as, as much of a, of a big deal so therefore we're going to uh, to to segregate this type of offense punishment with that context in mind final thoughts Ludmilla. i guess it's worth kind of rounding off saying look none of the previous conversation that we've had today in any way is intended to state that drugs are anything other than illegal in the UAE. That's that's a point to re-emphasize. But any tips or any advice for somebody thinking of coming to the UAE who may be a habitual user in some way, or tips for residents, I guess, uh, as well, people living here in the UAE? Um, perhaps the wrong person to, to ask for advice because I would say categorically just don't don't fool with it don't play with it it's just playing with fire it's, what if that's the, advi- that's the advice that, that would be that's my advice yeah. uh, maybe I am a bit of a stickler uh, you know for and and, and old-fashioned and you know more extreme in my views but but um, it's just the the law is still quite unequivocal that this, it's illegal. Drugs are illegal here, and and yeah. the authorities are not encouraging or unwelcoming of of substance. So therefore, uh, just just if you choose to come to this country, you should know this is the law. And therefore, if you choose to come here and 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 enjoy the benefits of the country, just don't play with 
fire. Don't play with the law. Don't try to be creative, inventive, and thinking you're smart or you know people who know people that these people are connected, well connected, they'll get me out. Or if I'm doing it at a, some party of somebody who is well connected or somebody famous, mm. that's you know that's that's going to be treated differently. And in many cases, maybe maybe it is. You know, it's but it's all good as long as it's good <laughs> until you get caught. When you get caught, sure. things sort of fall apart. And um, and remember, when we, talk, when we talked about the punishment, there is still, there is uh, Article 75 in, of the law still uh, mentions that courts have a discretion to also, in addition to the other types of punishment that we discussed, to also uh, rule on deportation, to depo- deport the person. So the mm. courts still have discretion. It's no longer mandatory, as it was the case before, and sort of a default punishment, but the court has discretion to do so. So therefore, if you are, and particularly if you're a resident, your earlier point, if you're a resident, you live here, remember that... Uh, if if you are caught, in addition to all the other kinds of uh, offenses, depending on the circumstances and you know the courts, especially if you get, get caught at a party, for example, there could be other witnesses. Uh, the courts, in addition to everything else, have the discretion to also uh, order deportation. And once you have a deportation, halas, um, you know you have to, you leave this country. So for residents, mm. it's a, it's a big deal. And uh, so I just say be sensible. Just uh, you know that the UAE has a very very good connection point. So many different places in the world so if you want to do it do it in countries where it's legal uh, so yeah. um, and and don't rely on people's representations oh it's okay I know such and such oh I've done this before and yeah there's obviously an underground market in every every country but I just my my advice is just you know, stay on the right side of the law don't uh, don't tempt your fate uh, and because um, we've seen too many cases where to be honest with you <laughs> looking back the person was ultimately caught, and but it was pretty obvious it wasn't their first rodeo. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so um, uh, obviously it works uh, until it doesn't. Uh, and um, I did want to share one maybe interesting case study because it kind of plays on this. But this case was prior to the law changing. It was actually during COVID. It's sort of the peak of COVID. Is when a resident in the UAE, and so sort of a client of ours, a resident in the UAE had been receiving a parcel, or in particular had received a parcel or a package from from abroad, uh, from their home country. And in the package, there was yeah, just sort of the regular bits and bobs that your, I guess, friends and family would send you, chocolates and specific special kind of drinks that may be more available in that country and uh, candles and um, uh, socks and uh, other kinds of just more habitual sort of house items. Uh, Kind of a a care package. uh, A care package, yes, (laughs) including the socks. Uh, And in the socks, yes, and in the socks, inside the socks, there were vapes. Okay. Okay, and the vapes had the vape had the THC substance, ultimately. Uh, Okay. So... um, it looked like a very innocuous package, but so the person was stopped when they went to pick up the uh, the package from um, the, sort of the the post office, uh, and uh, they had to sort of you know open up the package and kind of and so this the vape was you know it's a vape you know a vape doesn't have in of itself is not illegal in the UAE it's only illegal if the substance inside the vape is illegal so in that case the, there was <clears throat> cannabis or, or THC inside the vape, and um, what was more interesting that. 
two things. One is that and uh, when they took the person, because what happens, and this is, by the way, just a general practice, whenever you're caught, uh, be it at the airport or anywhere else, um, uh, with basically being suspected of having cannabis on you, there will be a urine test that's done, okay? Right. okay. As part of the urine test, they can see whether that, you know, whether it's in your blood. Uh, so in each one of these cases I've described, there always there was always a urine test. And so if it is in your blood, then now it's not just possession, it's also use, right? So right. now you, all of a sudden you have two charges, you have use and possession. Right. Uh, so, and then you, because it's in your, uh, in your body. And for a lot of these people, I, you know, I guess those who, who uh, are more routine users of cannabis would know how long it stays in the body, in the blood. Uh, but also remember that. So even if you haven't done it in the last two or three weeks, I think from I, my research shows me, and I'm not sure if I'm correct, that it's like 45 days, it still st- stays in your blood. Okay. So just, um, so even if you hadn't used it a few, you know, three or four months, bef- uh, weeks before, if you are if you have it on you by accident and and the urine test is performed, it's going to be in your blood. So therefore, right away you have two charges: use and possession. Uh, so, um, uh, but in so in that person's case with with a little parcel, uh, there was um, uh, one there was a vape that was received uh, from abroad, uh, and then two there was uh, when the urine test was done, there was actual substance in the urine test, which means what? that the person had been receiving this before. Yeah. Because how yeah. else uh, would the, this be in the blood before? Because you, this this happened before. The p- package, <laughs> she, the package was opened before, obviously, uh, she had, uh, the, the person had access to the, uh, to the vape. So, but it was already in the blood. Which tells you that uh, there wasn't the first package. And we think and we speculate that the reason this time around the person was stopped at the, um, at the sort of the post office uh, was because it must have, they must have been followed before. And there's not the first package that has, had been shipped and had arrived. And this is why uh, one, uh, this, 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 this incident, this package was seized and, and basically there was a conclusion already. So what was you know, suspected in this uh, package, the urine test was done. And this is why the person also had uh, it already in their blood. Um, so obviously this was not the first time around. And in that case, by the way, uh, it went all the way to the court of cassation. The only thing that helped then was that uh, it was during COVID. So the person didn't have to serve time in jail because at the time the authorities were not putting people in jail, but uh, there was an order of deportation. And the deportation is what, um, what we had appealed uh, all the way to the court of cassation, but the court was unequivocal about it. And this, by the way, was a long-term resident in the UAE. The court was unequivocal. Uh, the only sort of redeeming uh, uh, eventuality or re- redeeming factor was that they, they didn't have to spend time in jail as they would have had to do in the past. Uh, and this was on the cusp as the laws were already changing, but the, the incident happened before the laws came into effect. So the person was deported and you know, in all grounds to try to challenge the deportation just were basically not successful. Um, so there, that's I kind of want to leave perhaps with that in mind, and that's to your point early about uh, <laughs> what's our advice. There, that's that's a real case in point. It happened. Yeah. It happened to a long-term resident who did not want to leave the UAE, and they had very good counsel. It wasn't just us. There was a whole group of, of counsel and a lot of support otherwise. But and it was just a vape or maybe two or three. But it wasn't. It wasn't like there was a. A massive packet you, mm-hmm. uh, amounts yeah. of of vape that sort of you could have been considered as trading, but the charge was import, importing. So it was deemed as an import. 
and it can happen. And deportation, as we all know, is a bit like owning a pet, isn't it? It is for life. It, it, for, for sure. And by the way, now, and that kind of a, to, to take it back to where we started, since this law came in, uh, into effect, and a lot more news um, uh, news articles came out, talking but in general, talking about the more lenient approach, the U.S. more lenient approach. Uh, so we've had a lot of people reach out to us, say, hey, listen, we were deported X number of years. Is there a way to lift the deportation? We've heard that the U.S. has kind of relaxed its laws on the deportation. So uh, you know, on, on drugs, so now on the back of that, can we now apply and, and lift deportation? It's 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 a hard, it's a very hard and challenging uh, quest. I, I I guess we have not had a successful one yet, but just I mean, I, I'd say I, our answer right now is like no, you will not yeah. be able to lift it. But obviously there are there are exceptions, and if we do ever have a successful case, we'll most definitely do another podcast on that alone. Possession of cannabis. That's another episode of Logical Drugs in the UAE. Ludmilla Yamalova is the managing partner here at Yamalova and Plethka. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate your time. As ever, thanks for watching and listening or both. And uh, thanks to Ludmilla. You can find us at LY Law on social media Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, LinkedIn. You can find all our podcasts at lylawyers.com. And if you'd like, a legal question answered or you'd like to talk to a qualified UAE experienced legal professional, click the contact button at lylawyers.com.